This is Generation Justice, a multimedia project that trains youth to harness the power of community through media, narrative, and critical consciousness. I'm Lily Lukau. And I'm Emilio Bovalet. Tonight, we hear from some of the most incredible guests about the work they do to honor those who came before us. We will hear from Gloria Tristani, former FCC commissioner and granddaughter of the late U.S. Senator Dennis Chavez. She speaks about her grandfather's legacy and an upcoming lecture, 2019 U.S. Senator Dennis Chavez Memorial Lectureship in Law and Civil Rights, with special speaker Professor Alvaro Bedoya. Then Alicia Lueras Maldonado and Ivan Ole and Recuerda a Cesar Chavez Committee will speak about the upcoming 26th annual Cesar Chavez Day. Before we jump into these interviews, here is a song to get us in the spirit. Here is Sentimiento by Al Hurricane. Sentimiento que yo traigo que me está volviendo loco. Quisiera estar en... Gloria Tristani was born and raised in San Juan, Puerto Rico and is a graduate of Barnard College of Columbia University. She obtained her Juris Doctorate at the University of New Mexico School of Law and served from 1997 to 2001 as a member of the Federal Communications Commission, better known as the FCC. Here is GJ Youth producer Ariana Cordova speaking with Gloria Tristani about the 2019 U.S. Senator Dennis Chavez Memorial Lectureship in Law and Civil Rights and the man who inspired it, U.S. Senator Dennis Chavez, who went to Washington, D.C. as a clerk in 1917, then became the first New Mexican and Hispanic man to become and elected as a senator in 1935. Imagine what it was like for him. This is Ariana Cordova with Generation Justice, and I am speaking with Gloria Tristani. Mr. Tristani is a former FCC commissioner and the granddaughter of the late U.S. Senator Dennis Chavez. Ms. Tristani, welcome to Generation Justice. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Please, tell us more about yourself. I uh, was actually born in San Juan, Puerto Rico, to a uh, Puerto Rican father and a New Mexican mother. And in my uh, 20s, I uh, moved to New Mexico, to Albuquerque, where um, I made a professional life. I went to the University of New Mexico School of Law and and became involved in um, in politics, so to speak, got elected to the New Mexico State Corporation, and then went on to serve on the Federal Communications Commission, um, named by um, President Clinton, and uh, very honored to do that, and have not lived in New Mexico since, but New Mexico is a big part of me and a big part of my heart. Thank you. I wanted to say welcome again. Mr. Stani, I'm so curious about your grandfather. What were some of the values that he stood for? Well, my grandfather, the late U.S. Senator Dennis Chavez, was fundamentally a man who never forgot where he came from and thought it was extremely important in everything he did with the power of being a senator to make sure that people were not discriminated against, particularly Hispanics, that... Um, there was justice for everyone. The people were treated equally and with decency, and that's what, what motivated his political life till the day he died. 
Uh, he stood up against discrimination and against any kind of erosion of American values and of American civil rights. It's always important. Very inspiring. And also he came from from a family in New Mexico um, that had been in the state for hundreds and hundreds of years. So uh, he really loved uh, New Mexico and his people, but he also loved his his background. Um, he spoke Spanish. He never forget where he came from. Thank you for sharing that with us. Well, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. And, and one thing I'll add, um, one of the things he would do when he was in... Uh, in Washington as a senator, is uh, he'd encourage young people. And at that point, it was mostly young men because young women weren't doing that yet um, to uh, go to law school. And there was no law school in New Mexico. So he um, he would encourage them to apply to law schools in Washington. And he'd make sure they had some kind of jobs that, so that they could attend. And uh, so he was very much for getting the people in his state ahead. And he also used to ask them, if you do this and you study law, you have to go back to New Mexico and serve New Mexicans and help your state. How did those values influence your own interest in communication access? Well, um, I grew up, My actually my, my grandfather was, or I was very young when my grandfather died, but um, my mother made sure that I knew everything about his life and, and how important it was to follow that path of seeking um, a good life for everyone, you know, social justice. And um, I found my way in doing that, particularly when I was at the Federal Communications Commission in, um, in this new world that we live in where the Internet and communications have become so important and vital to all of us from, you know, we needed to get jobs, uh, we needed to entertain ourselves, but we also needed to uh, be able to communicate about democracy and about the issues we care about. And for me, the Internet is and the right to use it fairly and equitably and have access to it is a civil right of, of our times. And I think it's really important to make sure that everyone, particularly people that are left behind and people of color and people that are forgotten, have access to it and equal opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. Please tell us more about the U.S. Senator Dennis Chavez Memorial Lectureship and why it was started. Yeah, the Chavez and the Tristani family started uh, this lecture at the University of New Mexico School of Law because for, for two reasons. First, they wanted to keep the memory of, of Senator Chavez al alive, but more importantly, they wanted to keep alive the importance of the things he fought for, civil rights, uh, justice and, you know, to make sure that people are not discriminated against. So the genesis, the idea behind this was to have lectures that would talk to these topics and talk to them in different ways. So we've, we've had many different lectures and uh, since this was started in 2009, 10 years ago. What's important about this year's lecture is that it's a um, lecture that in a way is going to be addressing what I call, again, the, the civil right of our times, you know, the Internet, online, how do these platforms that we now, everybody uses, affect our civil rights? So who will be the guest lecturer for this upcoming seminar on April 4th? Uh, yes, our guest lecturer is going to be Professor 
Alvaro Bedoya of uh, Georgetown University School of Law. Alvaro is a founding director of Georgetown's uh, Center on Privacy and Technology, and he is an expert and has worked very hard on uh, what I call the the civil rights issues of the digital age, Uh, you know, whether it's how government agencies are using surveillance and uh, data collection or, um, you know, how many of these platforms are uh, fast and loose with uh, a lot of our citizens' privacy. And he has also worked on those issues, particularly as they affect immigrants and people of color. So, you know, I encourage, if you're in Albuquerque, I encourage uh, people who are interested in this to attend. It's a very important topic, particularly in our times. And the lecture is uh, free and open to the public, but you do have to register. Thank you. So... What should our community know about Professor Bedoya's research and background? Well, Professor Bedoya is um, hes an American, but he's, um, interestingly, he's of a Peruvian-American family, and so he has deep roots in Peru, although he grew up in our country. Uh, so because of that, he speaks Spanish uh, perfectly. But I think what's most important about Alvaro is that he really cares passionately about these issues and about people that impacts his work. And he has researched very studiously and works with other like-minded people and coalitions to fight any kinds of initiatives, whether they're government led or private industry or from wherever that target or impact, you know, all Americans, but particularly those who can't speak for themselves and um, people of color and immigrants. That is really cool. So how has tech and social media had an impact on social justice and democracy? Well, I'd like to answer that two ways. I'd like to first say that in some ways it's had a very positive impact, right? Because Mm -hmm. tech and social media and the Internet have opened up a lot of platforms and avenues for people to express themselves and otherwise couldn't do that before and to reach other people and to get your messages across, you know, whether they're activist messages or just uh, social network messages. The flip side, unfortunately, is that those same platforms that promote, uh, you know, people getting together and people getting information can also be platforms uh, that are used to erode our privacy and to share information and to disseminate information that that really shouldn't be shared or disseminated. And also, in many ways, to also foment, whether uh, willfully or non-willfully or deliberately or not, uh, misinformation. So, you know, there's a whole host of problems with uh, the social platforms that we use, but an increasing concern among uh, some in the civil rights community is that a lot of these platforms and new technologies are being used for surveillance, and that surveillance is again targeted against certain groups and not others, so that it's being used unfairly and, met, and, and sometimes being used erroneously, uh, because tech is not perfect, right? So. Uh, technology can be used very, you know, for, for very good justice aims, but if it's not used correctly or if wrong inputs are put in and we're humans and things happen, 
it can uh, can have very grave consequences. Is there anything else that you would like to add? Well, what I'd, what I'd like to say is that, you know, it, we set up this lecture in memory of my grandfather, Dennis Chavez, and what he stood for is something we should always be reminded of that we need to keep fighting for, and in these times we need to continue to fight for tooth and nail is to make sure that people are treated fairly, that there is not discrimination, that we're all treated humanely and justless because we're all human, whether we're different colors, whether we're different citizenships. It's really important that the community embraces. And again, I I hope uh, my fellow New Mexicans and people in Albuquerque or other parts of of the state will come to this lecture and hear some very interesting uh, information and some very, very important ideas about how we need to protect everyone in the digital age. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me, to come give uh, Generation Justice this opportunity. Very, very grateful. Thank you and Generation Justice and for the work that you do to make sure that there uh, continues to be justice and that people are heard. Thank you. The U.S. Senator Dennis Chavez Memorial Lectureship with Professor Alvaro Bedoya again is on April 4th at 4.45 p.m. at the UNM Law School. For Generation Justice, I'm Ariana Cordova. Thank you, Gloria Tristani, for sharing your grandfather's story and for holding your grandfather's legacy. Thank you, Gloria Tristani, for your voice and your understanding of how media equity and access hold direct ties to social justice and civil rights. Surveillance within media is a serious issue, and educating not only myself, but others about it is something that holds a great importance today and tomorrow. This lecture is the most ideal space to learn more about this topic and ways that we as a community can fight against ICE and Facebook's power against social justice movements. Now we bring you Electro Tropical Musica by Bomba Estéreo, a group from Colombia with their song Internacionales that speaks about our connections beyond nations. Cesar Chavez Day is a time to celebrate the late great Cesar Chavez and his legacy to civil rights and to the United Farm Workers Movement. That's right, and the 26th annual Cesar Chavez Day Marcha y Fiesta is on March 30th. Here to speak to us about the event are Alicia Lueras Maldonado and Ivan Ole of Recuerda Cesar Chavez Committee. This is Kenya Alonzo with Generation Justice, and I am speaking with Alicia Lueras Maldonado and Ivan Ole of the Recuerda a Cesar Chavez Committee. Alicia and Ivan, welcome to Generation Justice. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Will you please tell us more about yourselves? Sure. Kenya, thanks for inviting us to be here in the studio with you today. Um, again, my name is Alicia, and I am born and raised here in Albuquerque. I grew up in the South Valley in the community of Atrisco. 
and I uh, have the great privilege this year of helping to coordinate the Cesar Chavez Day celebration in March, which is on Saturday, March 30th. So I have been able to work with the committee in helping to promote the event, to to do the planning, the outreach, engage the community. And um, it's something I do as an organizer here in Albuquerque. I also am a photographer and a, a filmmaker and have done social justice organizing work for, for many years in the community. So thank you. And my name is Ivan Lay. Um, I work for the College Assistant Migrant Program and the High School Coastal Program and the Rural Stoop Project uh, here at UNM. I've been with UNM for about 15 years. Um, and for about the last five years, I've been part of the Recuerdo Cesar Chavez Committee um, as it it really uh, overmaps uh, the mission of our the programs that I work with, Camp HEP and RSP. Um, I'm originally from uh, Mexico City, and I came here in 82 and have been a longtime Burke resident. Thank you. Yeah, great. Thank you both. Uh, could you tell us more about the work and the mission of the Recuerda Assessor Chavez Committee? Sure. So the committee was formed... In uh, after 1993, when Cesar Chavez, um, his untimely death was in 1993. And at that point, there were folks in the community that came together who really wanted to keep his legacy alive and and honor the work that he had done. And so they formed the Recuerda a Cesar Chavez Committee at that time. And so the, the mission really is to honor the legacy of the work, you know, really looking at civil rights, at labor leaders, at honoring our agricultural workers and keeping that work present. It also is such a great honor that we still have Dolores Huerta, who was one of the founders and uh, a partner in the work along with Cesar Chavez. And so she has been an instrumental part of the work as well and uh, has continued to push this work forward through her foundation and through the community work that she does. Um, she's going to be joining us on March 30th to be in the march and to be a part of um, all of the events, and so we're, we're very honored. But th- that's really the mission and the work of the committee is to, to really keep that work uh, front and present, to honor it, what happened in the past, but also to make sure that it's continuing in the present day. And, and one thing I would like to add is as all the work that Cesar Chavez, Dolores Huerta, and the people that fought with them you know, for farm worker rights. I mean, that fight's still going on today. Farm workers are one of the most marginalized populations here in the United States, and I think it's it's important to celebrate that history and those those breaking of barriers, but also know that that it's still going on. Alicia, why is it important to you to be involved in the committee, and why is honoring Cesar and Dolores Huerta so important to you personally? To be involved in the committee is something that came naturally for me. I have attended the events over the years and marched and gone to the day of service events that they do. And as a photographer and someone who loves to document what's going on in my community, I have often taken pictures and um, done interviews with folks. And so where the march would happen and where the um, day of service happens is in the South Valley, and I, I live down there. 
So for me, it was um, something that was just very close to my heart. Also coming from a community that's an agricultural community. I grew up in the community of Atrisco uh, and remember, you know, my grandparents having a, a farm and an orchard and growing vegetables and my father always growing and, and I still grow in the South Valley where I live. So um, it, it was just something that came very naturally to honor the work of Cesar Chavez and what he did for our community and to honor Dolores Huerta. I remember she came several years ago. It's probably been over 10 years ago, and she was at one of the labor union halls. And I went there to to go meet her, and I took some, some photographs. And I was recently looking back through some of those images, and I was like, oh, wow, like that was that was a while back. But, you know, it's it's because I support the mission and the work of honoring our, our, our laborers, lifting up our community, pushing for civil rights and for justice for, for all of us in the, in the community. And so for that reason, it's, it's really important for me to be involved in this work. When, when you see them, they, they break those stereotypes of, of what a leader should be or what, you know, fighters are. And I think it's important for our youth and, and, and all our community to, to see that, like, you know, there's there's not one type of, of leader, but there you can be in, in many packages and, and however it is, you know, and, and when I, I met Dolores Huerta, she's, she, she's tiny, but oh my God, the, the, the fight and fire in her mm-hmm. is so awesome. And I think it's, it's just awesome to have a living legend come to here to Albuquerque and, and keep the fight uh, for us and, and light, inspire us to, to keep uh, working in our communities. Great, thank you both so much. Ivan, how did you become involved? Well, uh, like I previously mentioned, I worked with the College Assistant Migrant Program since uh, 2003, and you know we work with seasonal migrant farm worker uh, students, and we wanted to make sure that uh, they they were getting as many opportunities uh, as they could to to get a higher education, and in that. We also wanted to, to make sure that they knew that they can get involved and, and make a, a positive impact in their communities, whether it be here in Albuquerque or, or back in their communities like Deming Hatch or Portales or, or Roswell, Dexter, or wherever it may be. And, you know, we started looking for, for events, activities, organizations that shared that same mission. And about, about six years ago, uh, we started collaborating with the Recuerda Cesar Chavez Committee uh, with our own event, which is the Farm Work Awareness Week, uh, that runs along uh, with with this great celebration. And I want to ask, what does it mean to you to be one of the recipients of the Cise Puere Award? It is, it's, it's just crazy. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I'm very humbled uh, to to get this award. Uh, um it's 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 an honor to be in the same breath as as some of these past recipients like uh, Richard Moore, Dr. Telly Alcantara, Enrique Cardial. I mean, those folks have done so much for our community, for uh, for everybody here in Albuquerque, and have really kept the fight going. And you know, I, I don't. I hope that I can measure up to what they've done. You know, I, I mean, but it's. Uh, I think this award is, is not just for me, but because I'm surrounded with the many passionate people that I work with that are, are fighting to serve our our students and our community, that 
they still have to work through barriers and, and jump over hurdles. So this award is for the work that we do at, at camp at, you know, at HEP and, and RSP. Right. Thank you. And congratulations. Thank you. Uh, Alicia, what are the characteristics of the people in our community who are nominated and recognized for the Cesar Chavez recognitions? I think that, you know, when we were looking at the various folks that are nominated for the Cisa Puede Award, it really is looking at folks who have put in the time uh, and the work in their community, uh, who have shown results, who reach across borders and boundaries in terms of uniting people of different backgrounds and really lifting up the the message of equality and social justice um, for all folks. And so I think those are the things that um, Cesar Chavez stood for. It's what Dolores Huertas stands for to this day. And so those are the characteristics that we look for in the folks that receive the, the Si Se Puede Award. How do you see Cesar's legacy in action in our community today? Well, for one, we're going to have a lot of action on March 30th. When we're marching, we're going to take to the streets. And um, the march starts at the National Hispanic Cultural Center uh, at 1030 in the morning. And we, we will march through Barelas and come back to the uh, Hispanic Cultural Center. And then there will be a, a big celebration. There will be music and food and um, speakers, we're super honored this year to have our Congresswoman, Deb Haaland, who's going to be there. Um, we've invited our governor, and we're hopeful that she will be able to make it. We've we've been told that she will. Uh, we're, our special guest is Dolores Huerta. And um, so we're, we're just super honored to have leaders in the community that are excited about this event and want to come and share in the celebration. So that is one way we're keeping... And the legacy going. The other things that are going on is in this past legislative session, there was a bill to get a holiday passed. It's the Chavez and Chavez holiday. And so um, I know that folks like um, Chuy Martinez and Coralie Quintana and longtime members of the Recuerda Cesar Chavez Committee have been working very hard to to get um, this bill passed. It was tabled um, at the end of the session, and so they'll be back next year to, to get this as a statewide holiday. The other thing that's also currently in the works is the renaming of Bridge Boulevard to Dolores Huerta Boulevard, and so that's currently in the works, and so it would be Cesar Chavez Boulevard, and then we have the Rio Grande, and then the other half would be Dolores Huerta. That's my understanding of, of how that would work. So that's, um, that's going on as well. We're also just really excited and happy that the city of Albuquerque, the Cultural Services Department, has been a huge supporter of this event as well, and, and they're a partner in this event. And so we'd like to thank them for the support. So I think there's, there's a lot of things that are still going on in the community that are, are keeping this legacy and this work alive and, and moving forward. Yeah, I mean, definitely, and in, in, in not just the committee and, and the work that, that this great committee does, but it, it's also in, in the work that, that we do as individuals, I think, you know, keeping the, the legacy of Cesar Chavez alive through teaching our, our, our young people and, and teaching them about Dolores Huerta and, you know, the fact that she's from New Mexico, she's one of our own, and which is, is totally awesome. And, and, you know, making sure that everybody knows these two individuals and, and the, those that, that work with them are, are very important for us or that work with unions and, 
you know, why do we have a 15-minute break or a lunch hour or, you know, just for our farm workers to have, you know, water uh, when they work or a bathroom uh, mm-hmm. when they're out there in the field. So, I mean, it, it's making sure that, that we keep this legacy going with the work that we do every day. Please tell us the details of the upcoming Cesar Chavez Day event on March 30th. Absolutely. So our event, again, is it's the 26th annual Cesar Chavez Day. And it's in partnership with the City of Albuquerque Cultural Affairs Department, the Recuerda Cesar Chavez Committee, and the National Hispanic Cultural Center. It's on Saturday, March 30th. And at 10.30 a.m., we have La Marcha, which begins at the Hispanic Cultural Center. And we will march down 8th Street, cut over on Silver, and then come back on 4th Street and end up at the Hispanic Cultural Center. And then we'll have La Fiesta from 12 to 3 p.m. And we'll have uh, a free concert. We have a kid's corner, food and entertainment. All of it is free. Again, we have our special guest, Dolores Huerta. Uh, Mickey Cruz and Las Otras will be providing entertainment. We have Congresswoman Deb Haaland, who has said she will be there. We are hoping the governor will also be in attendance to, to say some remarks. She has joined us in the past and been a big supporter. If you want more information, you can go to org. That's the website. And if anyone wants to table or present information at the event, you can email rccabq at gmail.com. One of the things that, that we do here through through CAMP and, and several organizations, not just CAMP, uh, we have Camperinos, which is a student organization, uh, former CAMP students, our HEP uh, program, but other uh, student organizations that put together Farm Worker Awareness Week. And basically this week is, is to bring awareness to, to a general audience that may be not aware of what a farm worker goes through, the plights of the farm worker. We have three different days that we celebrate. Um, the first day is uh, March 25th on, on the Monday, which is uh, Mujer Campesina, which is the, the woman farm worker. And we kind of talk about uh, what women farm workers go through, the struggles that they have to, in particular. On that day as well, at 5 o'clock at the UNM Sub Theater, uh, we'll be screening uh, uh, the Dolores documentary, and it's free uh, for those who like to come. Also, on Tuesday is uh, El Estudiante Campesino, which is a student farm worker, and we'll have a panel of camp students and, and other students that have worked out in, in the fields to talk about you know, their experience as a, as a first-generation uh, first-year student. And then on the third day, um, which uh, we're also excited to have, is, is David Martinez, who, who worked with uh, Cesar Chavez and was a UFW board member. And he's going to talk about you know his experience and, and Cesar Chavez. And that day is, is dedicated to the celebration of, of, of Cesar Chavez and, and basically the, the fight for farm worker rights. Um, we'll have all three days at noon, we'll have uh, some t- sort of entertainment uh, the last day, actually, we'll, we'll also have Las Otras. Um, Tuesday, we'll have uh, Mariachi. And then uh, on Monday, we'll have Danza Azteca. Um, and this is, you know, how naturally we got into a partnership with RCC. So hope to see everybody there. Um, you can uh, visit our Facebook page, which is um, Farm Work Awareness Week-FAW. And you can get more information. We're posting every day. I'm excited. Thank you. How can the community help or find more information? 
one thing that, that we do with Farm Worker Awareness Week is, is exactly what, what you just uh, asked, right? How, do, how does the community get involved? There's different actions that you can take, whether it is donating to SAF, which is a, a student uh, in action in the fields, which they go out and, and provide services for, for farm workers in North Carolina. Uh, you can donate money there. Um, you can also donate long sleeve shirts uh, that we'll be taking, but also get educated uh, on on the different current fights that are that are happening right now. The the current boycotts, um, you know, because some some companies don't treat their farm workers right. You know, they they pay them really low wages. They there's a lot of uh, sexual assaults in the fields, and and they're turning a blind eye. And to get involved uh, is is making making sure that you're aware of of what's happening and boycotting those products that don't do anything about it. And I have to ask, is there anything else that you would like to add? Just uh, thank you for inviting us to be in the studio today and for allowing us to share this really important work. Um, Please join us on uh, March 30th and join the march and join the celebration to honor Cesar Chavez and to honor Dolores Huerta. Yes, thank you very much for allowing us to share our experience and you know our message of of continuing to be aware of, of what's going on to celebrate the great accomplishments of of our, our heroes and, and hopefully we we can see you all at, at our events. Great, thank you both. Uh, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to come here and sit with me and just really inform us of this event it's really great to know that this is constantly happening like every year it's a great event so like yeah be sure to try to make it out there and i want to thank you both just for the work that you are doing and for the legacy that you're carrying on so thank you thank you this is kenya alonzo with generation justice this is kenya alonzo with alicia hearing you speak about honoring farm workers was truly inspiring Reflecting on what Cesar said about equality and social justice is so important to building the power of workers. Ivan, thank you for addressing the need to break stereotypes and barriers of farm workers and leaders. And thank you for acknowledging that events like this really do make a difference. Thank you both for your involvement in this change. Thank you, Alicia and Ivan, for fighting and honoring our farm workers and their work. It is important to remember the sacrifices of our farm workers. Thank you for fighting for justice in our community. Here is Ikno Quatal by Leela Downs, a song of nostalgia for those past, yet honoring the future. Thank you to Alicia for choosing this artist. <laughs> Quanto tazzi, quanti la willini mitz macas, quanti la willini mitz macas, quanti la willini mitz macas. Welcome back to Generation Justice. It's time for our community calendar. Hey, Emilio, any events you want to share? Of course, there are important events happening in the community soon. First up is Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, roundtable discussion hosted by Singar Rivers Red. This event will take place Thursday, April 4th at 10 a.m. at Southwestern Indian Polytechnic Institute at Coors Boulevard Northwest. Featuring Anita 
Lucchese. For more information, please visit their Facebook page at Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women Roundtable Discussion. Next up is the 8th Annual Medicine for the People by the People event, a community event that focuses on making traditional healing methods accessible to everyone. There will be healing treatments, workshops, a healthy food kitchen, and children's space. This is done with hope to empower each other with awareness about health justice and our inherent right to heal. This will be happening on Saturday, April 13th at 10.30 a.m. at South Valley Academy at 3426 Blake Road Southwest. We hope you've enjoyed this hour of celebrating important legacies in our community. We'd like to thank our guests, Gloria Tristani, Alicia Luares Maldonado, and Eva- Ivan Ole. Tonight's hour of radio was produced by Kateri Zuni, Roberta Rael. We want to give a big shout out to all of our youth producers. We could not do what we do without you. Generation Justice would also like to thank KUNM for bringing the voices of young people to you, KUNM listeners. Our website is generationjustice.org, where you can check out all of our other multimedia work and listen to our podcasts, which are also available on SoundCloud and iTunes. We're also active on social media. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Generation Justice is funded by W.K. Kellogg Foundation, with additional funding from the McCune Foundation, Guadalma Health Foundation, and of course, all of you, who have contributed to our project by visiting our website and clicking Donate. Our opening song is Youth of the Nation by P.O.D. For our final songs of the night, you will hear El Condor Pasa, If I Could, by Simon and Garfunkel. I'm Lily Lukow. And I'm Emilio Bovillette. I would also like to give a shout out to my brother. Happy birthday, brother. Good night. I'd rather feel the earth beneath my feet. Yes, I-